Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Sunitha Sandeep. Sunitha is a TEDx speaker and trauma-informed, transformative coach helping high-achieving and high-functioning women break free from their inner struggles of anxiety, overwhelm, burnout, fear to reach higher professional success with deep personal fulfillment. She's a certified meditation mindfulness teacher, positive psychology practitioner, trauma support specialist, spiritual coach, and integrative wellness transformation coach. She is also a technical corporate leader, multi-pageant winner, Mrs. India DC, Maryland, Virginia, 2021, and Mrs. India USA runner-up 2022, a singer, wife, and mom. She is a thought leader who has been actively challenging the cultural fallacy that stress, struggle, and burnout are a prerequisite for creativity, happiness, and success. Her work is on awakening modern-day women who juggle between the five Ps of profession, parenting, partnering, passion, and purpose, and help them to find peace and fulfillment, yet thrive in an increasingly chaotic world. I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Sunitha. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angel. Beautiful introduction. I'm looking forward to having a wonderful conversation, helping hopefully many women to us today. Well, so I want to start, Sunitha, by asking you, were you somebody who was always in a leadership role? Like as a child, were you the one that was like leading all of your your friends? Were you the one that was helping? Was that the kind of role you've always played or is it something that emerged over time? Growing up, I was this very high achieving kid, high achieving girl, the good girl, mm-hmm. the golden girl. That's what they, they usually say. Not much problems to your parents. And usually it's like whatever I would do, I would go get it. It's a very empowered state of consciousness that I was living in growing up as a child. Always, I remember being a school leader, like my house captain, standing in elections, winning. And so, so I've always been that way. Even at my workplace, I've won many awards. Academically, I was a powerhouse. So that was my identity before. And there was a shift. <laughs> there was a shift. Great. Well, let me just say that I also relate to this and resonate because I was the one that was always the A student and always, you know, picked to be the leader and or the confidant or some combination of both and definitely rapidly progressed in ways that oftentimes I was a leaper. 
Like I would leap into a leadership role and other people would be taking the step-by-step path, but I was naturally like, I naturally elevated. I too had a moment. So I'd love to hear you talk about what was that moment? Was this a divine intervention? Was it a spiritual awakening? Was it a, a life crisis? Was it trauma? What was the moment that created a shift in your trajectory? Yeah, so that moment came to me as a blessing through a trauma. It was a fierce grace that trauma opened up. And and I think that was the first time that I realized in my life that, oh my God, I don't have control to what's happening outside me. Because usually you grew up with the, especially for high achieving kids or so, we grew up with this mentality that I can literally control and handle everything in life, right? Mm. We are not coming from a victim consciousness, which is the, the first stage of consciousness. We are already in this empowered state of consciousness. And the trauma kind of woke me up, woke me up in the sense it woke me up to my next level feminine potential. That is what I call it. As what surrendering is to the present moment, what acceptance is to the present moment, what embracing myself as a whole, the good parts and the bad parts within me, what that acceptance is. And I think trauma opened that door for me. It became a catalyst for my growth, for my growth beyond the norm, beyond the conditioned way of looking at things. And I think trauma became that shift. And with the trauma came a lot of spiritual teachings. I have my teachers who come from Buddhism, Zen, and Advaita traditions on one side. And again, on the Western side, because I come from a trauma background, I needed a lot of healing. So I did a lot of somatic healing, and I'm also a trauma support specialist. And again, I I put in the positive psychology practitioner. So for me, taking from a place of trauma that created that, to spiritual teachings, to healing, finally kind of made that shift in which, of course, every day is an embodiment of that. Yeah, beautiful. All right. I want to take just a moment because you have such depth of experience across, you know, multiculturally, multi-modality, shall we say. Yeah, multi-modality. I'd love to have us unpack for a moment the different kinds of trauma, because yes, I too was this high achieving young person and had a spirit. I had a spiritual awakening in my late thirties and it wasn't until, until after my spiritual awakening. It's interesting that you say that being a high achiever is already an elevated state of consciousness. It really wasn't until after my spiritual awakening that I recognized that I had actually experienced trauma from like childhood like i had been in immersed in a trauma field for decades so can we talk about the different kinds of trauma because i think there are multiple kinds of trauma and and they all affect people and are able to be transformed in different ways as an example somatically so i'd love to have you go a little bit deeper into this whole yeah. idea of trauma Yeah, thank you, Angel. Beautiful question. I speak about this in detail in my TEDx talk as well. The end of the day, trauma is a very subjective experience. What is trauma for you may not be trauma for me, right? Mm. It's a a very subjective experience and it's not based on the event that has happened, but it's based on our relationship to that event. 
which means if for whatever reason I did not have the capacity to go through the trauma more from a mental perspective, most from emotions and mostly from my sensations and feelings perspective. And if for some reason I froze there, not able to completely let every experience of the trauma pass through me and complete its cycle, then I have a trauma experience or a traumatic experience that's still sitting within me and driving my day-to-day life. And the weird thing about trauma is that it doesn't come out as a memory, but it comes out as a trigger, Mm. which means it just suddenly pops out in the ways that it is least expected. Great. So let's talk a little bit about triggers. And that has been a word that has kind of emerged over the last maybe decade or two as greater awareness of the whole trauma realm has become more and more mainstreamed. So when we talk about a trigger, like for me, I love that you're saying that the trauma is not going to show you the memory that needs to be processed, but it's going to come out as a trigger. Can we talk about the different kinds of ways that triggers show up and how maybe they impact these five P's that we talked about earlier, you know, in your profession, your parenting, your partnering, your passion and your purpose. Like where do these triggers generally show themselves and what can we do to become more conscious of the fact that they're coming from trauma? Yeah. So let's take an example. The first, the usually the closer the relationship, the faster the triggers are going to show up, which means relationships, our, our spousal relationships or the relationships we have with our kids. That's where it quite literally shows up very easily. And again, it also depends on we, we spend a lot of time in our family life with our friends, with our family, with our community. So with with our kids, For example, a lot of women who come to me, the first thing that they say is, I just can't be present with my kids. It just feels like I'm spaced out. I'm somewhere else. And they can't just be present here. And there could be ways, like, like, you know, when the kids are really fighting and and, and they're yelling or so, and then we can get triggered. And usually what we try to do is we try to get away from that situation. It's like, I cannot handle this. Let me just give them like an iPad or an iPhone or something. And I can't deal with it. I'm just going to stop there. So there is a trigger that happened there. And then if you go deep into the trigger, what it says is I'm helpless. Hmm. I don't want to feel helpless. Right? That, that's the trigger. And then the, the, it can show up as anger, it can show up as frustra- frustration, it can show up as irritation. And all of these different emotions can be surrounding that deep fear of helplessness. Because usually in trauma, what happens is you're helpless. You just can't do anything about it. You're not, you don't feel safe about yourself. So you can't let anything pass through you. That's one of the most commonly shown up trigger. In our workplaces, If we have had a trauma, again, this is not exactly a trauma, but it's kind of a conditioning that goes on and on when we were growing up is, is especially for high achieving women, we are perfectionists. We are kind of, we gain our identity by achieving. We are success addicts. We are people pleasers. We want to take on that leadership position, being in control, being responsible all the time, right? Now what happens is as and when we step into the leadership roles, in our corporate environment or within our entrepreneur business or so, 
at some point, the shift has to happen between letting go of just me and looking more so as us, as we, right? And then, and then how do you do that is, is a kind of deep trust. We need to trust the people that we work with. And with the trauma, what happens is there is no trust. Trust is the one thing that is affected in trauma. We don't feel safe which means now we try to do everything like we are leaders but then we start micromanaging we try to do everything around us we don't we don't kind of let go and and delegate we 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 don't have the art of delegation mm. to our people we don't trust them so and again and passion our purpose and all of these because internally there is a lot of energy that is being wasted consumed exhausted in trying to suppress those trigger moments and suppress those emotions, those repressed parts of us, we're always feeling exhausting mentally, emotionally, physically, and even I call it as a soul burnout. We also go through something called as a soul exhaustion and mm. we start losing meaning, purpose, passion. So, so it literally affects all parts of our life. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about all of this. And Sunitha, I'm going to ask you to let people know where they can find out more about you. But for now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying this show, please consider joining our community, making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com and sharing with your lovely lady friends that might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. I want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We just found out that we were honored as an honoree in the Webby Awards. So yay us. Thank you so much for all of your support. And we are going to shout out this week to our listeners. We might as well shout out to our listeners in India as well as our listeners in Virginia and in Chile. And we will be right back with Sunitha Sandhi. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Sunitha Sandeep. Sunitha, where can people find you and what you have to offer, whether it's your website? Like, why don't you give us your website? Yes. People can find me on www.sunithasandeep.com. And I have a free one-hour masterclass there wherein I talk about the five-shift process that I teach people. It's called as the Awake Transformative Program, which is an interleaving program that takes in all the aspects of spirituality, awakening, especially 
and how to embody some of the aspects of the deep spiritual aspects into our day-to-day living so that we can have both professional success, personal success, and, and a kind of inner fulfillment that I think most women are, are looking for. Beautiful. All right. So we will have that for you in the show notes. Go to www.sunithasandeep.com and make sure to access that masterclass. All right. So before we went to the break, we were talking about trauma. We were talking about triggers and you kind of ended what you were talking about with trust, trauma, triggers and trust, right? (laughs) So, um, right. The three T's. So I would love to just talk a little bit about this idea of not being able to trust others because the trauma is still unprocessed. And from my perspective, at least with my own personal experience, when I started to do my own work and get underneath this, it was not just that I didn't trust others. I didn't trust myself. And I think part of not trusting myself, it would be like, if I was triggered, I'd be like, what the hell happened? Where did that come from? Right? So can we talk a little bit about how you help people to, first of all, transmute the trauma and then build self-trust so that they can then begin to trust others? Yeah, beautiful. What you said is 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 the crux of the thing. Once we begin to start trusting ourselves is when we can kind of trust the world, mm-hmm. trust life and trust others. So for me, all of the work that I do with my women is coming down to the deep level of trusting themselves. And usually I do it in two simultaneous paths. One is in the deep spiritual aspect, which is knowing who we are, who am I at the deepest level of our being, beyond the identities that we are, beyond the emotions that we are, and beyond the belief structures that we are, our labels and virtues, what is that deep thing that is hidden, which is very near to us, which is very dear to us? Angel, you said you had a spiritual awakening, and I think usually the hallmark of that is finding yourself. Oh, this is who I am. Right. And a lot of people unknowingly have this, unconsciously have these kind of openings. But then through my program, I try to make it a little bit more conscious Mm. about who I am. What's the being, beingness that we usually talk about? Who am I at that level, at the level of our consciousness? So that's one, one path which works in parallel with the healing path. Which means now, even if I've had a spiritual awakening, even if I've had deep levels of understanding of the truth of who I am at the deepest level of my consciousness, how do I take that understanding and manifest that in the human day-to-day living? And especially for a woman, as a mother, as a partner, as a, like as a spouse, as an entrepreneur, as a professional, and how can the meaning And how can the purpose flow into everything that we do? And I think that's for that aspect, a lot of healing needs to happen, which means like if we look at ourselves as a diamond that is hidden with so much crap put over it, right? And there is something that needs to be peeled at the mental level. 
and then down to the emotional level at the heart level if if our heart needs to be open what are all the emotional aspects that needs to be again cleaned and then diving deeper into the somatic layer because at each of these layers mental thoughts belief structures are are sitting in there at the emotional i don't want to get hurt i don't want i don't want to do that no no it's it's a kind of a no emotionally and as and when we go a little bit deeper into the somatic layers it's a kind of energetic no and a lot of women say this you know what i've been through so many self development courses so many self growth programs and i know what to do and i think emotionally i'm stable but there's something within me that just says no it's like an energetic no it's like a clenching that happens at the level of our gut and again those things have to be cleared which all boils down to like a somatic kind of a healing of course i use so many different mod- modalities and mm. somatic healing comes at the lowest level of modality because mm. what that does is it keeps or it makes our body a little bit safe the body relaxes our nervous system relaxes and when the nervous system relaxes we just feel a little bit more open and now the understanding of who i am at the deep level of consciousness can start flowing into the different parts of our human manifestation mm beautiful so both of them have to happen simultaneously right yeah they all have to happen yes <laughs> the spiritual mental emotional and yeah. somatic and all right so we have a couple minutes left so i want to just feel into where i really want to go next and what i think i want to do is i want to just reiterate for our listeners what i'm hearing from you which is at the core of your work you do two things one you help your women to get in touch with who they are at the deepest level and two you help them to then take that awareness and begin to embody it and bring their depth into life into full manifestation into embodiment so what i want to say next is one of the things that you said right at the beginning was you used the the phrase the fierce grace of trauma very powerful phrase Can you tell us why you chose those words and what you mean by this idea yeah. of the fierce grace of trauma? Thank you. Thank you so much for asking about that. Grace we usually think of something that's like a blessing. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like okay, somebody is giving me that grace. It's like an opportunity that's given to me or so on. but then that grace when it comes through trauma is very fierce because at that point of time i remember myself just kneeling down and say i just can't do this anymore i am done i cannot and that surrender would not have happened if it not for that fierceness and the grace that is happening simultaneously and today i consider that to be a blessing in my life because it completely changed the trajectory of of who i am and what i do and what i love and what my purpose and passion is so for me it's a grace but it's a very very fearsful grace at that point of time and more the fears was the deeper i could go great so what i'm hearing there just so that our listeners can get this from another direction is your trauma 
provided the impact to stop the suppression and to activate the surrender to your deepest being. Is that what yes. I'm hearing? Yes. It's, it became the doorway. It became the key that I could use to open into the world of acceptance, into the world of compassion towards myself, into the world of surrendering mm -hmm. to the moment as is. Yeah, beautiful. And acceptance and all the other wonderful things that you help people with. All right. So in my last little minute here, let me ask you again about also this idea of energy suppression. I mean, I, I know about this because I've gone through the whole process myself. When we have unresolved trauma, can you talk about exactly how much life force energy we are using that could then be directed in more productive and creative ways to yeah. keep that in and keep it suppressed and why it's important to get help, like the kind of help that you offer to safely transmute that. Yeah. The problem with these traumatic events or the suppressed kind of emotions or even the repressed, because trauma goes into the category of repressed emotions, which means you don't know that it's there until it starts acting out. So repression usually goes into your subconscious. The more you repress, the more it goes into your subconscious. Now it literally has taken over your life that you're not even conscious of. And then how does it deal with from an energetic level? It says no, no to life, no to anything that you want to do. Mm. I want to go on the stage and I want to speak. Yes, I really want to do that. No, no, mm. no. I want to go after that business. No. You see that there is a deep kind of a no. because And, and even to say the no, right, even for that conditioning to happen, something needs to be kept which means we are literally suppressing some of the parts that just wants to come out. We're actually suppressing it. And suppression takes a lot of energy. It's like taking a pressure cooker and then trying to close it. And then what happens the more and more and more you try to suppress and repress it, someday the pressure is going to increase so much that it will start manifesting in different parts of your life, mentally, emotionally, chronic pains, chronic body problems, chronic issues, insomnia, and so many other issues. And once you release that, once it becomes open, all the energy that went in suppressing those and repressing those emotions and feelings and sensations is now available to you to do what you want to do. And it just feels like as if you're in an effortless flow. It feels like you're going with life mm -hmm. and it's you're not going against life. So, so there's so much energy available for you. And mm -hmm. then this energy can be put into any kind of creativity, into manifestation, into, if not anything, just being present to life and enjoying life. And inspiration starts flowing in because there are all different various ways that energy expresses itself. And we have taken it bundled into something and then keep it stuck. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, that was awesome. Sunitha, thank you so much. 
Listeners, we are at the end and we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's episode. Go right now to www.wickedlysmartwomen.com to join our community, share your takeaways, ask questions, or submit guest suggestions. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.